0: Hi, this is Larry, and I want to welcome everybody back to our podcast. Today we're going to discuss the effect of homosexuality on addiction. We're going to not go into does homosexuality cause addiction. Perhaps we will go into it a little bit, but not to the point that homosexuality does cause addiction. Homosexuality can cause pain, And pain can cause addiction. So if we do go into it, that's the extent that we're going to call it. Yes, a lot of people feel pain and a lot of people self-medicate because of that pain. A lot of people have mental illnesses, depression, a lot of anxiety and they use drugs to try to control that. And there's a, a feeling that they have about their emotions that drive them to try to mask them with drugs and that leads to addiction. Homosexuality is something that came to the surface to the extent that it has during my my lifespan, What do I mean by that? I'm, I'm 76, and a lot of us, when we were kids, we had aunts and we had uncles that never got married. They always came to functions by themselves. They never brought dates. If it was an aunt, uh, they never brought a date to an affair or wedding or whatever. If it was an uncle, they never brought a female with them to a function. They always came by themselves. As we grew older, and and started to see, I'd say in the late 50s, early 60s, people became more aware of homosexuality as a, a lifestyle and it became more accepted in the 60s for sure. People began to realize that there were a lot of people out there that had that lifestyle. It carried a stigma and no matter how much it was accepted, whether the stigma was due to society or whether it was due to family. It caused pain to a lot of people. I know I had a cousin that was very upset when he was in his adolescent period. He would uh, often speak to family members about his feelings and what his family accept him, what his family accept how he was, uh, his feelings, and it turned out they did accept him and they did accept his homosexuality. He became uh, well, uh, well adapted and he's all right but a lot of people don't. In my 16 or 17 or how many years I spent going to family nights at treatment centers, I came across many, many people who were homosexual, male, female, Transsexuals who had that stigma attached to them from families. Families disowned them. They spoke at meetings. The therapist was able to have them come out, not come out, but bring out their feelings of pain. It's very hard for somebody who's young, they have a family, their family won't speak to them or have any interactions with them because of their homosexuality, whatever type it is. It's very hard for them to deal with life like that. When you're fighting addiction, it's hard enough dealing with your pain If your pain is something that has affected you in a normal course of life, when you have a family that supports you, it's easier to deal with. When you have a family that for whatever reason, be it religion or just their feelings that this is something that you choose to do, and you don't have to choose to do it. Whatever their feelings are, if they sever their relationship with you, that's, that's a hard pain to deal with. And when you're dealing with addiction, one of the big challenges is finding those pains and dealing with them. What do you do? What do you do when you, your mother and your father, people who are supposed to be giving you unconditional love, can't deal with what they consider an affliction. I've spoken to people, and it seems to me that homosexuality is almost like a a third type of sex. You're born with it. It's not something you decide to do. Uh, Well, hey, I'm cool. I'm a homosexual. I decided to become a homosexual when my hormones kicked in. It doesn't work like that. You know it. We know it. People won't deal with it it says in the bible in leviticus that man should not sleep with man and when they say man they're not talking about the sexual man they mean people i've often said man is written the bible and think about it the homosexual is created by god so if you're religious Who do you follow? Do you follow God, or do you follow a book that's written by man? They say man has been enlightened by God, and he wrote the Bible based on that, but I don't know. God's supposed to be all-forgiving, and God's supposed to be loving. Why would he tell parents to sever relationship with their children or their loved ones because of their sexual preference? But that's not What this is about, this is about the success of somebody who's in active addiction. They decide that they can't live like that anymore and they go into treatment and they decide to get straight. The therapist is able to bring out the pain that's in them and help them deal with it in a fashion that's conducive to recovery and yet they have parents who will not help and will not support and will not have any contact with them because of their sexual preference. Think about that. We're alive for 70, 80 years, 90 years. If you, I don't know if you're lucky to live to 100, it's not an easy life. If you do, God bless. Hopefully you're living a good 100 years or so. Why do you have to carry that stigma that your parents place upon you that they'll never deal with you or have any relations with you because of your sexual preference? And why can't you be happy? I mean, people go in for uh, different treatments, uh, religious treatments, and uh, supposedly you can do things to help you get cured from your homosexuality. First of all, is homosexuality a disease? No, it's it's, it's a feeling, it's an emotion that you have. And may, maybe heterosexuality uh, is something to look at. Heterosexuality, could you just give up being heterosexual? The homosexual feels like we feel in heterosexual relations. You can't just stop loving a a woman if you're a man and you're heterosexual, or if you're a woman and you're heterosexual, you can't just stop feeling the way you feel about a man. Why do we think that a homosexual could stop feeling the way they feel? Aside from that, you're contributing to their pain that's causing their addiction. And that's another effect that they have to overcome in their treatment and in their sobriety. It's not fair. Yes, the prevalence of homosexuality and the addiction disease is there enough so that they have meetings that are homosexual in orientation. You can go to gay meetings, you can go to gay recovery. There are facilities that are conducive to gay recovery. It's a separate entity and they know how to deal with that just like Uh, A doctor that specializes in addiction knows how to deal with addiction better than going to a psychiatrist who comes highly recommended, but he doesn't specialize in addiction. Going to a recovery that doesn't specialize or uh, a fellowship that doesn't specialize in addiction might be a hindrance. You also might feel a little out of place depending on Where this facility is or where this fellowship is, what I should have said, is. Uh, You might feel a little out of place. You might hear comments. You might hear things that could cause further pain. And pain is something that you have to overcome to a certain extent. Uh, the more you can overcome your pain, the better your chances for a long-term recovery are. Yes, it, it's important for you to try to make amends, but is it you that has to make the amends when parents make a split, or is it your parents that have to make the amends, or are your family members that have built a wall between you and them? And how do you do that? How do you go about that? Well, you can say what I just said. You know, man wrote the Bible. God created the homosexual. If God didn't think that that was right, why would he have given me my thought process and my feelings for people of my same sex? So what? What do you do? How do you make these amends? I maintain and I often say that breaking down those walls are a very important thing to do yes i keep saying uh, and then i have to take them out before i release my thing that's how do you contact your parents it's very hard because sometimes they just won't deal with you sometimes they just say it's a sin and i will not deal with you sorry you're doing this you can get help you could stop your homosexual thoughts and your homosexual Uh, ways. It's on your head, and when you start acting straight, that's when we can get together again. You know, and most people know at this point in time, that it's not that easy, first of all, to just stop thinking the way you think, and second of all, it, it would be a lie, because you think the way you think, and there's no it's not that you chose to think the way you think. You think the way you think. We we think that maybe urban, big cities have different thought processes. So a lot of times people that are gay move to big cities and perhaps there's some truth to that, but take a look at the state of Florida. The governor of the state of Florida is a graduate of an Ivy League college and you would think that he has more sense, but they're banning books in Florida that mention homosexuality and they're banning books in uh, Midwestern states that speak of homosexuality. So there's not all that much truth to the fact that if you go to an urban city, you stand a better chance of being accepted. Uh, Yes, if you go to Broward County or a county that's inhabited uh, by people from urban centers in the north, you got a better shot. I don't know what happened. It seems like we're regressing in our thoughts. When I say that, I speak in generalities. Again, I mentioned that I speak in generalities because it's hard for somebody doing a podcast, especially somebody that's new to podcasting like myself, to be talking specifics, but I speak in generalities. For the most part, people in more liberal parts of the country are more accepting of homosexuality. You shouldn't have to explain to anybody why you think the way you think. The fact of the matter is, though, that you do towards your family. A lot of times there are parents that are very accepting, and at that point you're very fortunate, but not everybody has that piece of serenity. So what do you do if your parents just tell you, no, I don't ever want to see you or hear from you again, or you're committing a sin, I can't deal with it? Well, then you have to learn to accept that. That's harder on you, and they're not giving you a fair shake by saying that, and you have to accept the fact that you're right and they're wrong. A a lot of parents are going to be against what I'm saying. Who am I to tell them what's right or wrong? And they're right. I have no right. I'm not a therapist, first of all. I'm, I'm just talking from past experience. I've been to meetings for approximately 16, 17 years. I set my mind to learning. I'm a fairly bright guy. I'm a licensed pharmacist in Florida and New York. I just recently moved to Pennsylvania. I decided not to renew my license in Pennsylvania, try to get a license because I'm old and I don't think I'll be working much anymore. So I really don't need my license here. I do. Partake, again, I took a little time off when I moved. I had to get connected with different groups. I'm connected now with uh, Blair County. And uh, once again, I sit there, I listen, I give input. And in a small group like I go to, there are people that have children that suffer from this disease. I find them to be very accepting that's a good thing. That's a good thing because if you love your, your, if you love your child and you're interested in their recovery, a lot of people die from this disease. But if you're interested in their recovery, you have to make an effort to accept them. Is it is it an easy thing to do for some people? No. Uh, everybody wants their loved ones to grow up, have a family, to to give them grandchildren and stuff like that, but it doesn't always work out like that. And nowadays, it can work like that. Uh, They can adopt children. If they're female, they can be artificially inseminated. It's a different world now, and I think that family with children that are homosexual, you owe it to yourself, and you owe it to them. It's not something that they chose to spite you, it's something that just occurred. Someday, scientifically, they'll probably find a spot in the brain that is conducive to homosexuality, but right now, they don't know where it is. If there is a spot in the brain that is conducive to homosexuality, you got to accept what your loved one, your child is, and you got to give them support I I shouldn't say got You don't have to do anything but uh, what you have to do. If you choose to break the connection between you and your loved ones because of this, that's up to you. Perhaps you need therapy. I'm not saying that in a negative way, but maybe you need therapy to learn how to deal with your situation. It's a very common situation. If you want to call it a situation, there's a lot of homosexual people out there go to a gay pride parade, go to a meeting with gay people. You'll find they're loving. You'll find that they're different. You'll find that they're not perverts. You'll find that they, they live a normal life. They just have a different sexual preference than perhaps you do and your husband does. Is that a reason to sever relationships with your child? I had a daughter that was beautiful. She graduated college with honors and she was addicted and couldn't stop. She died in my house. Does that mean I didn't love her? Did that mean that I never wanted to see her again? I put her out of the house, but I never severed relations. It was just too much for me to see her using and to see her collapsing, to see blood running down her arm and it caused problems for myself and my wife when we were watching this health problems i got to the point where i said to her i love you you can come see us anytime you can't live with us unless you're sober And you can't come to see us when you're high and they know how to tweak an addict knows how to tweak their high so that it's hard to detect that they're high and she would do that. She would come to see us. She seemed like she was totally rational. And she would, would go out to eat. Then she would go back to wherever she was staying. She would do what she would do, but she knew she couldn't do it in front of us. It was causing too much anxiety. It was. I had a stroke when I was 58. I had a bad heart. Uh, I'm not blaming that on her, but... Uh, It wasn't conducive to good health for me, and my wife would be very upset for days after she came to visit when she was acting intoxicated. It, it wasn't fair to us. We have a right. If you're in active addiction, your loved ones have a right to live somewhat of a normal life. Don't think that if you're not living at home that we just forget about you. Every time the phone rang after a certain time, I picked it up, and I was like a little apoplectic, wondering if this is the police telling me that uh, perhaps my daughter... Overdosed, was in the hospital or she overdosed and died and she eventually died of an overdose in my house. So don't think that they're safe if they're at home or they're safe if they're outside. You're safer. They're never out of your mind if you love them. They should know that you love them, that you just can't live like that. And uh, never, never stop loving them because they love you dearly. I used to see Big guys cry because their families you know severed relations with them it's It's not a good thing to do first of all, it hurts you as much as it hurts them, just because they're not living at home doesn't mean that you don't have feelings for them and you're not worried if they're gonna die if they're gonna get arrested, just because they have a different sexual preference than you is that Is that a way to Why would you sever a relationship with a loved one just because they don't think like you think? Everybody has their own way of thinking. My parents grew up in one time era in this country and uh, my father was a bronze star recipient and i was uh, protesting the war in vietnam as it turns out we found out that a lot of people died fighting that war i appreciate what they did and i always congrat you know i don't congratulate them for going to war now war isn't a thing to be congratulated for going but they stood up and they did what they thought was the best for our country, and uh, I thank them for supporting our country and giving their time to our country. Another daughter of mine is going to be married in the future, the near future, to a guy who had a career in the military, and I'm very proud that he did. It's just the thought process that was different. I live in a conservative area, but I'm a liberal. And there's nothing wrong with being a liberal. There's nothing wrong with being conservative. There is something wrong with not being nice. So I want to thank you all for attending this podcast. And I hope I have shed some light. I want to give you some information now. The email address for the podcast is Addiction in the Family, Now What?, at gmail.com. Some important sites for you to make a record of. Should you have a loved one that wants to go into treatment, but you're not sure what is a good facility, you can contact SAMHSA, S-A-M-H-S-A, which is a Drug Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Their phone number is 1-800-662-4357 1-800-662-4357 their number for hearing impaired people is 1-800-487-4889 or you can text Gov. okay uh if your loved one seems to be suicidal you can find online suicide prevention crisis and disaster aid. Just pop it into your computer and it comes up. If you're distressed and you need help, because I've said this many times, this is a family disease. Your loved one could go into recovery. We have to go into recovery too. Should your loved one be addicted to narcotics. A specific group for you is Naranon. It's a 12-step program. It gives support for the family of those addicted and friends and loved ones of those that are addicted to drugs. Then there's Al-Anon, which too is a 12-step program. It's very, very similar. Uh, As a matter of fact, it's the same type of program, only it's for those that are addicted to Alcohol. I, I just like to mention that alcohol is a drug. It's just a legal drug, and it's in liquid form. And a lot of people can go get a car filled up with gas, and you can come out with a bottle of wine or a six-pack of beer and get loaded on your way to completing your trip. So people don't look at alcohol as a drug, but it is a drug. And then let's say you have children that have loved ones and they're affected by this disease too. Don't ever think not. Children as young as three, four years old feel the effects of a loved one that is suffering from the disease of addiction. There's Alatine and Noratine, and they're the same as Al- Alanon and Naranon, but they're for younger children. I also wanna take a point of privilege here. I wrote a book. I wrote it specifically to help those that are either can't attend meetings or don't attend meetings because of shame or guilt, or for whatever reason, they don't attend meetings this book can be beneficial. The name of the book is Addiction in the Family, Now What? That might shock some. The name of the podcast is Addiction in the Family, Now What? It's a good book. It was well received for $20. I think it's well worth it. You can get it at Amazon. If you go to my podcast, There's a way for you to get information about the book. If you go to my website, uh, they have QR codes that you could just scan, and it'll take you right to where you can get the book. Again, I want to thank you all for listening, and I hope I gave some input. I should have another podcast ready in about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. And I thank you. A wonderful week, week and a half, two weeks. Take care. Bye.